Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to the Jurassic World Minute Movies. Jurassic World, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're continuing to Minute 105 of Jurassic World. Before we get that, David, last week we got a little teaser coming out for Camp Cretaceous Season 4. We don't normally touch on news uh, in the minutes like this, just because it dates them and it could be... Um, we can talk more about it in uh, in the monthly news show, but I just, I just wanted to link here to the Jurassic-Pedia article on... The Five Deaths, Lysico Mortez, just as a bit of a recap on the history of the Five Deaths uh, as per novel uh, novel canon, which pretty much leads over into film canon as well. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the speculation, the announcement of a new island awaiting in this little teaser we got. Um, no, no other spoilers or anything for it. It's only a very short teaser. Yes. It was it was very short. It was what like twenty seconds. Um, basically, just a shot of a dark jungle on the edge of the ocean, and it had like a split second um, glitch <laughs> shot, like, like a glitch. Yeah, like a glitch where we got a picture of a desert environment, and nobody really knows what that's about. Some people are speculating that this is a new desert isle that will be seeing other people are very convinced this is Isla Sorna. I'm very excited. Hmm. <laughs> it looks it looks a lot like the uh <clears throat> the sort of desert environments we've been seeing from Evolution Two. It does. And we know we're sort of on our way towards Dominion. We've got this this season coming out now. Season five's probably gonna be around March, April next year. Yeah, and then um that'll lead straight into Dominion, so um But yeah de- December third is when the uh, think the teaser's dropping this is what that was for yeah yep so season four is coming yeah. out december 3rd um yeah i know the sauna's the easy one there's speculation i call uh clayton's got a video up already suggesting site c because it's been mentioned in the um in evolution one mm-hmm. we, we don't know it's all speculation I've heard an interesting speculation that is going to be that that desert environment we saw is going to be um the InGen outpost in Chile from mm-hmm. the live tour, and bring that into in the into canon with the Raptors that got yeah. down there. Yep, which mm-hmm. they could do, and I wouldn't mind. That would probably be the more preferred <laughs> out of them all because, unfortunately, especially the new movies, they're just changing things to suit the next movie as it comes out. And if now, okay, mm-hmm. well, 
Jurassic World or Fallen Kingdom, we wanted to get away from the islands. We've already written Sauna out technically as being dead. Nublar's just gone up with the uh, volcano. We want to get away from the islands, but now... Well, yeah, but there's something happening on one of the other islands in the Five Deaths or something just to suit the new story when it's never never been a thing outside of uh, evolution, so... I've seen a few fans speculating that it's Isla Morte, mm-hmm. but... I don't think so. These are all tropical islands. The teaser mostly centered around the shot of a tropical island, and I I doubt they're doing microbiomes with like a random uh, desert complete with cacti and all that <laughs> on a tropical island. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, having that glitch and seeing that, that, that desert environment does throw a big spanner in the in the fan speculation, and I think it, um, it pretty much... I, you're pretty much certain it's not going to be sauna, I don't think, so... We'll see, anyway. <laughs> time time will tell. We've got a couple more months before it comes out, so there's not a not an awful lot to go speculation-wise there. We might get another trailer by the end of the month and can talk about it a bit more in-depth when we get to uh, the October minutes. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, have this article up from Pedia just to uh, give everyone a little mm-hmm. bit of a refresher. We talked about it in The Lost World when... Nick's talking to the uh, barge captain about it, and yeah, how the uh, how the islands got their names and the the speculation. The uh, oh, what do you call that word? I don't know. The the hysteria? No, the um, suspicion, suspicious that the locals have got over the islands and that sort of thing too. So. If you look to the right, you will see a herd of the first dinosaurs on our tour, called. Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus? <laughs> One of the earliest carnivores, we now know Dilophosaurus is actually poisonous, spitting its venom at its prey, causing blindness and eventually paralysis, allowing the carnivore to eat at its leisure. This makes Dilophosaurus a beautiful but deadly addition to Jurassic Park. All right, Dave, ready to get into minute 105. I am. Alright, minute 105, Dresswell opens with Delta leaping through the lab window and ends with Owen reaching to remove the camera harness off Blue's head. As we open on minute 105, we get Delta leaping through the glass of the lab, blocking the group's path to the elevators. Uh, as we know, last minute from the novel, uh, we had two raptors in the building here, not just Delta, but uh, that'll keep on going later in the minute as well. We'll get to the notes a bit later. They run back out through the main lobby and Grey button mashes the... Uh, hollow control panel and luckily for him he gets the Dilophosaur pop up uh, right there mm. to block Delta's path uh, the hologram snarls at the raptor and uh, causes it to pause return to Dilophosaur finally uh, sort of yeah yeah, yeah I know I know a lot of fans are <laughs> wanting to see it again in the flesh yeah but yeah I just noticed that we were speculating about the location the exact location of these labs here last minute and I noticed that they're actually behind the Hammond statue hmm that is at the back end of the main rotunda here. Yeah, we get a fantastic shot here from behind that Hammond statue as um, as the raptor and Dorphosaur are sort of looking at each other, squaring off, and sort of the creator looking over his creations, even though one's a hologram and one's <laughs> one's the real raptor. But I thought it was and a nice one's shot. a brown statue. Yeah. <clears throat> mm, unfortunately. But yeah, the speculation here is that the. The Lophosaurus diagram here actually represents a somewhat 
more adult-sized individual, but it's kind of hard to tell because, well, Charlie is, uh, or I'm sorry, not Charlie, uh, Delta is kind of crouching down here, and it's really hard to kind of get a feel for scale because she's crouching down. Her head would probably be about waist, maybe chest height on a person. And the head on the Dilophosaurus is at least one full head above Delta. Mm. So maybe the adult or adolescent-sized Dilophosaurus uh, hologram they have here is about human height, maybe. Or maybe comes up to a man's shoulder, which would kind of fit within. It definitely looks bigger than the original. Yes, definitely. And I wonder, it could be just the the technology too. Obviously, if they're going to have holograms of the animals there, we've seen it earlier with the Apatosaurus, uh, maybe needing to scale that down a little bit to have it fit in the area you're projecting the hologram into. There's no reason yeah, why why compies or small animals like this, there's not a just a sliding rule that they can make them giant or tiny to fit in your hand. Just Because it's mm-hmm. in, in reality, it's a kid's play centre. Uh, sort of play display sort of thing so mm-hmm. you'd think they'd be able to um move smooth size around a little bit but yeah we saw the same with the parasaurolophus too where the um size was scaled down yeah it was only small yeah yeah but then again that could be infant it could be different aged as well you you don't know what sort of data you can type into that that hologram to get it come up whether you can have yeah. a baby raptor there playing or Oh, that'd be cute. Little baby blue. Yeah. So even even the Trenosaur, being able to have the infant Trenosaur, so just stuff like that. Bumpy, having a bumpy there. Um, <laughs> well, we do see that the there is an ability to produce a Trenosaurus mm-hmm. hologram based on what we see in season two of Camp Cretaceous. But it would seem that that is does that's an outside toy. <laughs> and I think that's under the control of the, uh, the that secondary controller because you imagine kids playing yeah. around with that and having dinosaurs pop up everywhere you'd, you'd get a few old people scared I reckon even though they're a hologram just having a Trenosaur suddenly be there and roar <laughs> yeah. yeah all of a sudden you're, play, you're button mashing the T-Rex roar send an old man falling down a ravine <laughs> and he gets eaten by compies yeah <laughs> damn kids <laughs> should never have brought them but uh, the loft saw gives everyone the chance to uh, get outside and run down those uh, front stairs at the Innovation Centre, um, mirroring much what we see at the end of Jurassic Park with uh, Grant and the kids and Ellie running out the front of the visitor centre. So there's just a complete flip here where uh, it's night time. But um, mm-hmm. they're blocked by the big one, in this case, Blue. Um, behind them, Delta pushes through the main doors, no longer distracted by the loft saw. And then in comes Echo from the other side, and they are all surrounded. Uh, no one says, that's it, huh? Uh, talking to Blue. Um, and that's not when the attack comes. Mm. Not from the front, or from the side. <laughs> the other two raptors, he didn't even know were there. And he sees, well, he sees, sees Echo come in from the side there, and I, he knows that um, Charlie's exploded, so this is all of them. Uh, I would wonder where the new Alpha was, though, since it's not here with them. Mm-hmm. Although we're going to get that next minute. Blue snarls and walks forward, now dangerously close to Owen. He slowly turns his gun, or lowers his gun, then drops it on the ground. And 
we get a weird fake gun drop sound there. It doesn't sound anything like <laughs> what that gun would sound like hitting the concrete. Um, it does seem interesting, though, because it seems that these raptors have, in fact, come to associate firearms with danger, and or at least that seems to be Owen's assumption. So putting it down would be a show of non-aggression mm-hmm. for Blue and the other raptors, you know? Yeah, not knowing previous experience, what they've had, obviously the guards on top of the raptor enclosure with those uh, electric dart gun things uh they did just see the soldiers open up fire on the indominus net so they do associate guns with danger you'd think with how smart they are well we do know that they just discovered what guns do based on that little massacre mm. they conducted yep um and it's also here we get our first sort of wide shots from behind them of main street and just all that water laying around we've, we've talked earlier about this mysterious storm in the background it's always seems to be on the radar for the island yet we never see the rain fall yet here we've got a very wet main street which yes having wet streets and that sort of thing does add to uh your fil- ability to film um uh what do they call it not um not photography mm. Um, cinematography yeah that's the one uh, making it more cinematic and that yeah um, having light being able to reflect off it and that sort of thing as well but at the same time these are considerably sized puddles these aren't just the it's not just like they sprayed it down to make it damp these are like actual puddles on the ground and it sort of it sort of gives away too that this is all filmed on that abandoned car park in Six Flags because just (laughs) Like you wouldn't have the main your main street uh, this potholed um, so water could lie like this because you you can have old people rolling their ankles or or kids playing in the water and getting parents angry <laughs> jumping in the puddles <laughs> and then we get Owen trying to look sad in front of Blue and it's this is one of the scenes I couldn't imagine Josh Brolin doing trying to emote uh, his sadness that Blue's turned to the other side or gone to the dark side. And he, uh, he slowly lifts his hand up and reaches out for Blue, and she sort of snarls at him and snaps at him, but um, he just quietly says, easy. It's kind of funny because it's like a very unconvincing snapping, too. Like, it's just kind of like she, she just kind of like snaps her jaws while standing there. It's not like she really snaps and leans forward like she's going to bite his hand, you know? It's just like a motion they'd do if they were just standing in the enclosure beside each other or... Yeah, it's not. It's not. Doesn't seem like an aggressive snap or anything. She's just, just <laughs> giving a little bite. Maybe again, a form of communicating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as the minute ends, Owen slowly reaches out uh, for that camera harness that's still on ahead. Again, saying easy. Interestingly enough, Delta and Echo don't have their camera harnesses on anymore. I wonder what happened to those. Those are. We both we see both of those fall off during the chasing of the Unimog. Oh, okay. I think um uh was it Echoes falls off after Zack and Gray electrocute her and she tumbles to the ground out of the back. Mm-hmm. And Delta's falls off after she falls out of the cab window. Oh, there you and go. tumbles. Yep. So it was just blues that was left on. It's um, yeah. it's about to get taken off next minute. Mm-hmm. Um, 
anything else on 105 before we get into some novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Um, again, two Raptors in giving chase here. So after Echo and Charlie chase the group out of the lab, we cut to the helipad with InGen soldiers loading the cases and Wu waiting inside. As uh, we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, this, this scene's been swapped around. And it's here where Hoskins learns that... Uh, uh, Wu learns that Hoskins didn't make it and is worried about getting paid or not. So, <laughs> again, a little bit of a... a I should get my money, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> here we are in the most dangerous place in the world. I'm not even getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the group run through the lobby, it's Zach that slides his hand across the screens in the ne- uh, neo-paleontology display, and we get a trio of realistic dilophosaurs appearing, roaring and spitting. So, interesting they get a hologram to spit. Maybe just a little, <laughs> a little bit of gunk flies uh, across the room and then just disappears. Um, well, yeah, I'd probably imagine what it is. It's, it, it's just the tracking of the hologram. <clears throat> and as soon as it's out of the out of the hologram's range, it just disappears into thin air. Yeah. It makes me wonder, too, since it got more than one, if it would have just been a cut and copy of the CG model or if we might have actually had some different colours or sizes. Uh, well, from what I heard was... They had developed an entire fully colored, like solid-looking hologram for this, and then ditched it for the kind of bluish Star Wars-looking one. <laughs> yeah, and we do see on the the, the um, panel as well. There is a Jurassic Park Free male raptor on there as well. Um, There's also a shot of the male T-Rex. Yes. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So. Again, like we've we've talked before, there's so much so much of this park we don't get to see that they built mm. for um, production. That's a shame. And unfortunately, this in this case is not one of those props that you're really meant to look at and examine because there's a lot of stolen <laughs> or should I say borrowed art all over that little button mesh um, hologram operating thing. Yep, yep. And uh, lastly, Echo comes out of the visitor center. They keep on calling it the Visitor Center through the novel just because it was early script and uh, not the Innovation Center. But uh, Echo comes out through a broken front window, the same way, the same one they'd used to enter the building earlier. We don't know how that window was broken in the first place, but it also seems to suggest that the Ibris Raptors didn't figure out how to open doors. <laughs> they just go through, <laughs> go through the glass instead of opening doors. So. Well, even weirder is they don't need to open the doors. They're they're by swing doors. Yeah. They yeah. swing back and forth. They're, they're, they're not. They don't have handles. <laughs> yeah, we see Charlie uh, Delta do that in the film. She walks through mm-hmm. behind the group, and yeah, not in the novelization, they uh, just love I'm, going through windows. <laughs> I'd imagine it was probably one of the Pteranodons actually ended up, or maybe even a Dimorphodon ended up through a window well, during the attack. Yeah, yeah, possibly when it's been tranked, but. I suppose we did mention before about the water laying everywhere on Main Street. One thing that's not laying everywhere is the uh, tranquilized Trenodons, even though here we are, <laughs> night time, I'm guessing those tranks have uh, worn off and they've gone to Lookout Summit, what they call that summit? <laughs> the gondolas, anyway, for uh, where we see them again. In... No, remember they went after the um, monorails, according to Camp Cretaceous. Oh, yeah. They started attacking the monorails. Oh yeah, that was before before they got up to the summit. So that's um that's where they go. I know there's been a lot of discussion about that uh, pre Camp Cretaceous coming out. The fact that all these uh, 
the morphodons and trenodons are gone. But again, if they're only tranking them, they're not going to stay down forever. Mm-hmm. Although some did yeah. hit the ground pretty hard. You wonder <laughs> what their ability to fly would be afterwards. Well, that's probably why we only see a couple in Camp Cretaceous attacking the monorails. So some of them probably uh, slinked off and found a place to roost mm. and nurse their wounds. Well, I think we... All occasions when we see them, it's always daytime, although the monorail attack is at night, so maybe maybe because they're going after food, they're staying awake, where, yeah, you'd think at night time they'd go and, go and find somewhere to roost, and mm-hmm. especially on a dinosaur-infested island, the predators normally come out at night, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's 105. Dave, anything else to add before we get out of here for today? Uh, no, I think we're good. 